Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to this week's episode. We have a very, very exciting guest on today. This is the lovely Elise. So I met Elise, God, when did we meet? Like pre-pandemic, like a yeah, few years ago. Yeah. I was in desperate need of some assistance. Um, <laughs> I was suffering from, God, panic anxiety, really, really bad issues with my gut health as we discovered after a really bad concussion. And I found you actually through, I was just thinking about it this morning, through my acupuncturist and she was like, your stomach is so off or everything is off in your body. You need to go see Elise. She can help you out. And you literally saved my life. (laughs) And since then, I've just been like, anytime anyone has any issues, I'm like, go to Elise, Elise. go to Elise. Even I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, for anyone that doesn't know what you do, um, I would just love for you to introduce yourself and a bit of a backstory on how you got into being a nutritionist and yeah. Okay. It's always, I always find answering questions about yourself the trickiest. So bear with me. Um, uh, so I studied nutrition, but it definitely wasn't my first degree. So I always had a passion for health and wellbeing. Um, but after uni, I actually went and studied. So after school, I went and studied um, economics and finance, which is completely different. And I did enjoy it, oddly enough. Um, and I graduated, got a really great job. I was on the road to corporate success and then I was approached to model, um, interstate and I thought, okay, well, I do like a challenge and this is something that I've never thrown myself (laughs) into before. Let's just give it a go. And, um, with the permission from the corporate partner at the time, who is probably still waiting for me to come back because I did promise him I was coming back, <laughs> um, I went and interstate led to international and I spent quite a few years on the circuit modelling um, UK, US, Europe, um, and here, there and everywhere. Yeah, I want to see your old modelling photos. Yeah, same. We were just saying as we got on the call, we were like, you literally look like a mixture this morning of like Angelina Jolie and Mila Kunis. Like I need to see the pics. <laughs> <laughs> look, as I get older, I will absolutely take all of those compliments. Yep. I yeah. do look younger in my images and I tell you what, it's nice to have a point of reference when you do get a little bit older. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're saved for the kids, baby. Maybe they'll want to see yeah. them one day. So yeah, I obviously being in an industry, as you guys know, it is so dependent on um let's just call it perfection for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. yeah you are constantly striving to get the best out of your body Mm -hmm. every single day and when I was working I would always be termed an athletic model I was always athletic so I had to work really really hard to maintain that um and I won't lie over time maintaining that level of perfection was exhausting so Mm -hmm. I went for the easy out. Yeah. I restricted eating. I restricted, uh, or I increased my training. I did all the things. And before too long, I ended up noticing symptoms creeping in. 
and I started to pay for it. Yeah, I paid for taking the shortcuts. And it wasn't any, like, I just didn't want to feel that way. So I went looking for answers and I have been like this all my life. When there is a problem, I want to solve it. So I kept digging and digging and digging. And I eventually came across some incredible practitioners from all different fields. And these guys helped me put together um, a treatment plan that worked for me. But I, I mean, obviously I started to feel better and other girls around me were like, well, I'm not feeling great. I want to feel better too. And my treatment plan didn't work for them. And I thought, well, this is interesting. Mm. Let's try it. Let's tweak things. What were the symptoms you were experiencing and like what were the health issues that were coming up for you that you wanted to fix? So I had a lot of bloating and abdominal discomfort, which as you know, Mm -hmm. on a shoot day, not a good thing, especially when I was working in Florida. I was working in Miami and that was all bikinis. Wasn't, wasn't great. Um, I had a, I lost my period for maybe mm-hmm. 12 months um, and I never got that back. And then, of course, anxiety started to creep in when you were mm. starting to malnourish your body. And, mm. yeah, I wasn't, I just wasn't focusing. I couldn't keep it back. I couldn't um, answer questions like I could when I was traveling internationally. And it was so much, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not that old, but it was so different in our days. Like we were literally on the tube and you would come out of the tube in London with a, um, like the equivalent of a UBD or street directory, like a pocket one. And we had a compass to tell us which way would go, like (laughs) which way was north. Otherwise you'd end up going around in circles for ages. Oh my God. Here's me now with my city mapper in hand. I would, I could not, I would not have the confidence to move to London because we're moving in like two weeks. I would not have the confidence unless I had city mapper. Like I could not imagine. It was rough. And we were carrying around portfolios, which were like 20-something <laughs> kilos. Like it was not great for our backs at all. Um, oh, my God. But trying to get to appointments on time and then get back on the tube to go to the other end of town to come, like it was just, it was chaos. And, and then I just wasn't not, able to focus. And then not, yeah, having enough food in your system. And actually I wasn't even planning on asking you this, but I think this is something really important to maybe have because you, you actually have studied this. For people that I guess are young, they want to model even we were just we had some friends on talking about jobs and social media and the pressures. I feel like a lot of girls feel this pressure to starve themselves and have mm. this ideal body. And, you know, I think I know I've been there and I've gone, oh, the quick option is just to for a few weeks, I'm just gonna eat a lot less, or I'm gonna like, you know, do a few toxic things. What are the actual health repercussions of doing this? to your well, you're, body you're sending your body into a complete and utter stress response for lack mm. of a better term and mon- many of us see stress as like um we're really busy we've got a lot on but the reality is you're starving your body of nutrients to carry out everyday function your body starts to panic why, why are we going into a famine what where's this coming from do i need to hold on to whatever stores of fat or whatever i've got left um, how long do I need to hold on to them for? The body starts questioning each and every move. Um, that's when our hormones become implicated, our gut bacteria start to be changed and keep that up for a longer term and we're in all sorts of trouble, as I found out. Also, your body needs food to, food to fuel it. So I feel like if you're withholding that from your body, then that's just there's issues that are going to creep in. Mm. Absolutely. You'll start to see deficiencies creep up. And one of them is like um, some of the deficiencies associated with um, clearer thinking. So your anxiety will creep up. You will notice that you'll increase, um, you'll have an increased um, onset of brain fog and 
you just won't be able to focus and yeah it's far-reaching well even this morning like I've barely had time to eat I've been non-stop and I'm not usually like that I do usually eat breakfast but I'm feeling a lot more anxious I'm feeling a lot more brain mm-hmm. fog my brain's slower like <laughs> it's it's not a fun time especially when yeah. I've got a so much to do yeah and then doing that for prolonged periods of time obviously I feel like could very easily lead to depression Mm. and worse mental health issues for sure Mm. absolutely well thank you for filling us in on that I just thought that was a really important one to touch off at like the actual long-term seriousness of um starving yourself or yeah Yeah, and I think it's a big issue in today's society. I mean, I know um, at the time of recording this, Kim Kardashian lost seven kilos really quickly at the Met Gala and she looked fantastic, but promoting that kind of behaviour. Yeah. I know. We were talking about that yesterday. Like there's so many young girls that look up to her and for her to openly be like, can't wait to go home and eat tonight. I've been eating for three weeks basically is like so such a bad message to put out. Yeah, what was your take on that? Were you just sitting there going, because <laughs> you help girls heal from issues with like this? Yeah, it, I was, I was really, I was disappointed, mm. um, and I completely respect her choice to do so. But mm. I think we could have had the whole conversation without touching, like, on how wonderful she looked, and and because she did, she looked beautiful. We mm. didn't have to discuss that part of it. Because then it's attaching looking good to a toxic decision. And and especially the amount of time it was done in because, you know, it's fine if you want to lose weight and you're doing it Mm. healthily over a year or Mm. at least six months, but in what did she do it in like three weeks? Three weeks. To lose almost 16 pounds. Yeah, almost 10 kilos or 7 kilos or something is extremely extremely damaging and the repercussions will be huge but she's fantastic I mean she's got the team behind her I'm hoping to help Mm. support her but I mean and I don't want to attack Kim Kardashian anyway but she's dealing like she's got psoriasis she's dealing with autoimmune like there are Mm. other factors that need to be considered here and it's definitely not a long-term sustainable practice and one that should be pushed into the public forum the way that it was yeah no I agree Before we start the app a bit more, like get into the app a bit more, we like to ask our guests um, a mantra or quote that they live by. So do you have a specific quote or mantra that you live by? I would, yes, I would definitely say so. And my patients are probably, if they're listening, would be rolling their eyes, but it is nothing changes (laughs) if nothing changes. And I probably Mm. say it 10 times a day. Do you want to elaborate on what that means to you? Obviously, it's a bit straightforward, but. <laughs> if, like, there are times where we get stuck and we seek help or we want answers. And sometimes it can be challenging to change those behaviors or change that frame of mind. Um, but the reality is, nothing will change unless we change something. So we have to move forward in small incremental steps at mm. a number of points in our lives. Um, but if we stop and we get stuck and we stay with those emotions or those fears or those challenges, we won't be able to get out of it. Mm. Yeah, it's like one thing to be like, okay, I'm going to eat healthier this week. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to buy all the healthy foods. But then to actually, are you going to cook with those foods? Are you going to mm. stick to that? Or are you going to order Uber Eats? And are you going to go out and party that weekend? Mm. And are you going to remember to take your vitamins and supplements and drink two liters of water a day it's Mm. yeah it's one thing to kind of set those goals but to put them into action is everything yeah and we can get discouraged because we made that first step so to go out and buy the food 
and we're not mm. feeling better. But the reality is, aside from going and buying the food, nothing changed. So nothing mm. will change. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you would probably have like, obviously lots of people coming to you with these big hopes. Like I want to do this and I want to do this. And you're sitting there going, okay, well, here's the information. Here's the steps, but you can't actively literally wipe their butt for them and hold their hand through it. So yeah. yeah, Do you see that happen a lot with clients? Like they come in and they say like, oh, I'm still having these symptoms. And then you find that they're going, oh, you're obviously questioning them on their food diary and, you know, whatever steps you've instructed them to do. And then them being like, oh, well, you know, I've been a bit slack. And then you're being like, well. <laughs> you're like, what can I do? <laughs> yeah, we go back to the same points and we find new ways to navigate the issue. And I guess, too, that's part of my role is I know what will get a patient from A to B. Um, mm-hmm. and I need to, But I need to find ways to assist the patient in making those changes because mm-hmm. there are a million and one ways to do things. We just have to find out what the block is for the patient why that's in place and how we can work around it. So I have been very creative from time to time in getting things done. I think as well when working with you and what I loved, I guess, about our process together and what really helped me um, was because I was coming to you with, I didn't know what was wrong with me. Mine were all really big mental health problems. And I'm thinking, how is a nutritionist going to magically help me with my mental health problems. But a lot of the process we went through was you asked me a lot about how's your sleep? How is your energy levels? How is your moods? And like, I think it was so profound to have such a large analysis of all of that down to what shape is my poo, which was (laughs) extremely (laughs) confronting. But I've learned so much just from your amazing poo chart. Um, So I guess I used to get so many questions, I guess, when I was documenting me healing my gut and healing my anxiety and people would ask, like, how did you go about this? And I'm like, I don't really even know how to explain, I guess, what we did or um, how we achieved it. So I thought it'd be great to obviously ask you directly, like, what was the process, I guess, we worked on or you worked on with, you would work on with people who are coming to you with, say, anxiety issues, maybe depression, low energy, just overall just feeling that like dull sluggishness um what is the process of getting better and I guess diagnosing someone I think the key to all of the work that I do is we need to understand that there's not one cause for Mm. anything yeah Mm. there are a million and one different reasons for someone to be experiencing anxiety for someone to be experiencing gut challenges um and so on and so forth So in order to understand the patient, you need a good hour of sitting there and talking to them about almost every aspect of their life. And it can get, like, it can get quite personal. As you mentioned, we do talk about stool form and things like that. (laughs) Stool, Um, that is the proper word. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, you need to do a comprehensive case taking. And to be honest, I sometimes think, oh, maybe I should extend my initial to go for an hour and a half because there are a million and one questions that I could ask. Mm. And sometimes you find a point in someone's case that really needs a lot of time and attention and you miss out on all the others and you've got to put the case together from there. But, yeah, it's it's a comprehensive case taking and understanding, stripping, stripping it all back and understanding where did it start, what was the catalyst and why does this pattern continue to happen. Mm. There's so much information out there now with the internet and I think a lot of I know influencers are sharing their journeys and stuff like that. So um, I guess what would be your 
would your best advice be someone to come see a professional, not just like Google mm. and like try and self-diagnose and try and work out what's wrong with them that way. Like I know that sounds like common sense, but I feel like a lot of people do turn to Google to try and search for answers. Oh, absolutely, because we have a wealth of information at our fingertips. But like the Kim Kardashian scenario, um, it's not one size fits all. Like nothing works for everybody. If that was the case, then we would have one practitioner solving the world's problems. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, our process together as well, before you even prescribed me with any supplements, we did the, well, I obviously had my blood test done and then I did a stool sample. And what was the other, is there another test or we, but within that you would, you were testing like my hormones and all of like, what were the levels that you, I guess, look for that people kind of miss out on like investigating? Right. So yeah, in terms of testing, it's always, I mean, every practitioner is different. Um, and I know some people can come to me and say, um, I'm really tired. I've got, um, a number of things going on. And I'm like, to me, that's an, like based on a number of symptoms, that's an iron deficiency. So I question them, have you had your iron levels tested? And they say, yes, I have. The doctor said they were fine. Mm. Okay. Can I see a copy of those tests? And they go, sure, they go away. Sometimes it's a bit of a struggle, but they do get them back. And the reality is um, they are considered fine. So the parameters for iron um, or iron stores is, I think, off the top of my head, 25 to 350. And they can be 26, but they're still considered fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we're looking for what parameters we need to work within, we need to look at the testing that's being done and where they're sitting within parameters rather than just is it too low out of the range? So is it out of the range and is it too low or is it within the range but still on the lower side Mm. or on the higher side, for instance, can we map it or how do we fix it from there? Yeah, because that's a huge gap, like 26 or 25 to 300. Like that's a massive scale. So it makes sense that you kind of look at the the bigger picture of it and go, okay, this is where you're at. So then we're going to then focus on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And again, every practitioner is different and I know I definitely – work differently to most but that's one of the things that I'm looking for um and I think the best thing to do is with testing and why it's so important especially if you've been dealing with chronic cases or situations that have been happening for a long period of time um there are more than one player and so it's best to test and not guess because Mm. the patient's obviously exhausted they've been sitting there for a year with these symptoms and they want them to change and um, it takes time to work through things if you are just basing itself off symptoms. You need to dive in and test and read those tests properly to go forward. Yeah. So in our process of, I guess, what we did, why, what is the importance slash for females or males as well, I'm not sure, with hormones, how does that play such a huge role in mood and energy as well or anxiety and I guess, the importance of getting your hormones checked while trying to fix all of these things and the link between the hormones and the gut and all of that. Okay, big question. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so In, I, for dummies, how would you, I guess, explain that? So I guess I would start with the fact that the gut is probably the most important thing to check, even if we are looking at an import, um, a hormonal issue. And that mm-hmm. is because a lot of the hormones, and if we're talking about reproductive hormones, 
they are um, the excess is excreted through the gut. So if the gut's not working properly, excess hormone isn't going to exit. So then we have a a challenge with your hormones there, Mm -hmm. okay? The other thing is that the gut is also responsible um, for sending messages via chemicals or hormones and um, the nervous system to the brain to help regulate things like stress and anxiety and things like that. So if you would... If someone came to me and says, I've got um, hormonal issues and I've got anxiety, my first question is always going to be what's going on in the gut, yeah, Mm -hmm. because it regulates both of those things. The gut also regulates the immune system. Um, And then, of course, which is um, one of the biggest things, it's responsible for our nutrient absorption, okay? And in like nine times out of ten, if someone's got hormonal issues or anxiety, or even gut issues themselves, there's always accompanying nutrient deficiencies. So if we want the nutrient deficiencies to be corrected, we can supplement, but unless the gut's working properly, absorption isn't going to be great. Mm. Okay. Is that where intolerances come into place as well, like having testing for those food intolerances so you're not aggravating the gut? Most, yes. In most cases, yeah. And I'm, look, I don't love testing for food intolerances. Mm. It's definitely something that has merit. But I feel like it can create a restrictive pattern of behavior and yeah. I don't love that. Intolerances yeah. themselves are based on or are presenting themselves when there's increased inflammation in the gut. Yeah. yeah? Mm. And intolerances, unlike allergies, will come and go based on those levels of inflammation. Mm. Yeah. So again, when we test the gut and we understand the gut, we can see what is possibly a driver of that level of inflammation and start there rather than mm. pulling out all these foods to Mm. um, calm that inflammation longer term. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just kind of like a Band-Aid effect, whereas you're getting to the core of the issue, which is then going to, in result, I guess, you're going to still be able to eat those foods in the end if you get to the core issue. Absolutely. And there is a big issue too with people being diagnosed with intolerances. So they pull out all these random foods and the reality is, is if they don't correct the inflammation, these foods can't be reintroduced. And yeah. the inflammation continues to sit there and they notice, oh, I'm actually becoming more and more intolerant to more foods. And mm. the list grows because they yeah. never address the problem in the beginning. What would you say is the best way to explain between a nutritionist and a naturopath? Because I know a lot of people mm. might not know the difference. And do you recommend, you know, working in conjunction with a naturopath um, or, you know, what's your take on that? Um. Okay, so a naturopath. So we actually studied with naturopaths, um, and I have the utmost respect for them. They just did extra study in herbs, um, and we did all of our focus on diet and dietary interventions, mm-hmm. nutrients, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. They still understand both. Um, I, the, but the reason that I chose nutrition was because it integrated so well with acupuncture or acupuncture and Chinese herbs Mm. it integrates with chiropractors and osteos it integrates with psychs everybody like everybody understands the importance of it and isn't I guess challenged in some way by the use of some herbs um that naturopaths use and not that there's anything wrong with them it's just that it works better with a number of different modalities at once Mm -hmm. okay yeah so um I take referrals from naturopaths and I send referrals to naturopaths. Um, We do a similar job, but we all have different specialties. So I guess it depends on what you're looking for and what you're Mm. trying to improve. 
What would you say is a case where someone should come to a naturopath versus a nutritionist? Like what's, what would be the, like what I, cause I've actually never even thought about that. Mm. So I would say, I mean, every naturopath is different. You'll find a naturopath who specializes in gut health and you'll find yes. a nutritionist who specializes in gut health. So I think it's mm. finding someone whose message you relate to, who yeah, yes. you feel comfortable with, and then going from there. Mm. I definitely think finding a referral from someone you trust is definitely good because there's so many different, I've been to so many naturopaths and different nutritionists over the years and like you really do when you meet them and they you connect and they just understand I guess what's going on you'll know for yourself but it can be a really expensive process I guess to avoid that make sure you're getting referrals from people or all of that and I was going to ask if someone you know feels like they are suffering a lot with different health issues or anxiety but they can't afford or they they intrinsically just like feel like they want to improve their gut health what are some really simple tools that you think just should be like bible for everyone to be following like whether it's for their gut or for their general health that you live by and you swear by okay one of the biggest players in improving gut health and it's always tricky and it's always confronting is managing your stress mm-hmm. yeah? okay mm-hmm. um i have never had a patient who wasn't stressed when they came to see me ever, Yeah. never. Mm. And I've been practicing for years. So um, working through your stresses, minimizing them where possible, practicing things that calm your nervous system. So for instance, yoga, um, like yin yoga in the evening is one of the ones that I prefer. Um, uh, spending time off your phone, getting outside, doing all those things to regulate your nervous system mm. is um, one of the best possible things that we can do for our overall health and well-being but in particular our gut health um secondly what i would definitely say is eating um your whole foods okay Mm. ditch the stuff that comes in the packet basically it's been stripped of everything nutritious and um all the sugar and flavor have been added back in to make it delicious, delicious and irresistible to eat (laughs) two words (laughs) yeah, minimizing your um, your processed foods, eating your whole foods wherever you can. And I know that's really tricky for some people because they feel like they eat the whole foods and they've got intolerances and they've got bloating and they've got discomfort. Again, probably looking at addressing the stress in that picture would be the focus. Drinking enough water, not many, I mean, not many people do this. Um, Cutting your caffeine. That was the biggest, like, I mean, she doesn't drink coffee anymore. Mum doesn't drink, like so many of my friends now. Because I remember when I was coming to you with my anxiety and you said to me, like, get rid of the coffee. I remember at first, like the first week was hell, mm. like hell week. But, and I never have started drinking actual coffee, coffee. I drink much now, which is, I know, very like, caffeine. But I remember saying, I will never go back to caffeine now after that withdrawal phase because this cannot be that good for me if it's this hard to get off it Mm. but the improvement I noticed in my mood my overall energy from just cutting coffee um was really crazy because I didn't realize the stress it was putting on my nervous system when I was already stressed yeah yeah absolutely and it's crazy to think that the one thing that gives you energy actually robs you of energy because it's the peaks that that high and then the crash and then 
Yeah, I remember just like over the weeks of seeing you, we'd do the energy report and it went from like, you know, we started on a four or three and then going, getting up to an eight and that's without caffeine and not having to, I was like a serial napper. All my friends always joke that I like will have my 15 minute naps. I don't nap anymore. (laughs) That is in the past. Um, But yeah, the caffeine, I I, I now like I drink matcha. What actually? What is your take on matcha? Yeah, do you know? Do you drink matcha? Do you know much about it? Because we're obsessed with it, and we I know it's still high in caffeine, but I'm intrigued about the slow release because it doesn't give me that high and then crash. Yeah. So matcha itself is actually the green tea leaf all mashed up into yeah. the mix itself, um, mm-hmm. and as part of that, it actually contains an amino acid called theanine. And that mm-hmm. theanine acts alongside the caffeine to calm the mm-hmm. caffeinated response. Oh, amazing. We love it. So we're here for it then. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all good. If you enjoy it, go for it. Not too many. Everything in moderation. One a day. I was just like, we should probably check it's actually, because I feel like I practically promote much a daily to the world because I'm so obsessed. I'm like, we should probably <laughs> make sure that we're promoting something that's like not terrible for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely not terrible, but not 10 a day. No. No. Oh, no. If I have like Everything more than moderation. one, I do get a bit of a bitter patter in the heart racing. <laughs> yeah. Cap it. Definitely. Something we like to ask our guests as well is any practices that you do to calm the chaos. And I guess in this sense, what are some practices that you do within your industry? Like, are you really, like, are you a supplement fan? Um, I I know that you mentioned you love yin yoga in the afternoon. Like, what are some things that you do to, I guess, stay grounded and keep your stress at bay? At bay. I mean, it's definitely changed. I've now got an 11-month-old, so um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of challenges (laughs) associated with that. Um, so yin yoga of an evening and a wind down is so important. And I know that if I'm working late and I don't give myself time, my sleep is impacted. Um, mm. So definitely making space for that. And even if it's just a couple of stretches on the ground with the lights off or down, um, it does do wonders. Um, I get outside as much as I possibly mm. can. I walk, I get fresh air. We'll take, like, even if I've got my son, we take the pram, we spend time sitting outside playing in the dirt and just being present. I mm. absolutely switch my phone off. And I think I mentioned to you before the call, my worst habit is charging my phones. And that works well for me because I just, Stay I don't want it. them around. Yeah, they're not there. And um, I find that if I stay away from them, um, obviously checking in for messages and emails and things like that, but mm. if I stay away from them for the good part of the day, my stress and the chaos that accompanies things like social media and things like that are completely quiet and I'm able to focus mm. and get so much more done. We need to work on that. I know. I, I was mean, thinking let's do some like yin stretches together tonight. Yeah, and I think for us because our job is on our phone, like we definitely do not prioritise enough time just off screen. I forget that I could just turn it off. I'm yeah. allowed to literally switch off my phone and just – yeah, have a have a moment because it does. It really does help ground you and calm the mind down so much. You do go through a withdrawal phase though. Like even today I had a visa appointment and I left my phone in the, lo- the locker mm. and I was sitting there for like half an hour. My leg was going crazy. I was like You're so like, anxious. I'm like, oh my God, like my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And then once I like about five, 10 minutes passed and I like finally accepted, I'm like, okay, your phone's not here with you. Let's just like accept it. And what are you stressed about? 
you're not going to, nothing bad hopefully is going to happen in 30 minutes mm. where someone, you know, you're not, you're not, not needed 24 seven on your phone, mm. but I feel like I am because I don't check it for 20 minutes. And next minute I got so many notifications and then I get the anxiety. Oh my God, I've got so much to reply to. And like, mm. oh. phone detox, I think is up there with everything I guess that we're doing for our bodies it's a good reminder to be like that is one thing that you can strip away Mm. to also help the mind so it very much acts in the same way like the caffeine did it's addictive Mm. yeah yeah and when you mentioned I never wanted to go back to caffeine because of the way that it made me feel coming off Mm. it you have to look at the same relationship that you have with your phone and I agree Mm. with you like stopping it was rough like I was like like you want to check it and you just want to make, and mm-hmm. I was like, why am I checking this? These messages will still be here at yeah. lunchtime or whatever it was. I'll come back to them. Um, yeah. But I just feel like it opens up so much more space um, to be able to tackle the day um, without that constant noise and comparison. And yeah. Amazing advice. I will definitely be taking on. <laughs> yeah. Switch them off at right, night well- at the very least. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, I remember you had said to me, like get the night, I put the night, night mode, mode on my phone and my laptop. So it got the blue light oh. stops and blue light blocking glasses and getting off my phone at least like 30 minutes before sleeping completely helped my sleep as well. Mm. Yeah. Majorly. And then switching them on airplane mode and sticking them a couple of meters away from the bed mm-hmm. because they are electronic devices. They do emit a level of electromagnetic frequency electromagnetic frequency and this can interfere with how we sleep and rest and recover Mm. Mm. interesting well we're gonna let you go now yeah thank you so much for jumping on and filling us with all of that knowledge I'm sure so many people will be very grateful for that where can everyone find find you you? uh yeah so I'm I just my website will be anapoladay.net.au and um yeah all the information I've written many pieces many articles um, about all the common questions and then if they want to book an appointment that is also there too and just for reference Elise is on the Gold Coast in oh, Burley are you still in Burley yes well yes I'm online at the moment just as we navigate the first year okay. of life with a yes. newborn baby he's not a newborn <laughs> anymore but um yeah I am will be back in Burley soon yeah, so you can you'll you can do interstate obviously zoom calls and stuff then as well yeah interstate How good and for everyone around Oh, mm. and international. Oh, Mr. Worldwide. Oh, well, that's Mrs. good. Worldwide. She's accessible <laughs> to everyone then. Um, so, yeah, if you. But the US and Canada, we can't do that. Oh, um, gotcha. Sorry for all of you girls <laughs> in you US and Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys yeah. so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed and we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 